Hello everyone, welcome to Talk Talks. I am Andrew Kistner, your host, uh, the Director of Marketing, and today I have some awesome guests, uh, John and Danette Bell, and they are from Empowering Futures, and we're gonna get into a little bit about what they do. Um, it, it, before I get started, I researched your website, but I know a little bit about you, and I think you do a lot more. Um, so we're gonna get into quite a bit with them uh, and to see how they can help you know, uh, the people that we come across every day. So um, welcome to the podcast, John, Danette. Andrew, Thank you. good to be here. Yeah, good to have you. Um, so first, let's uh, give me the 30,000 foot view, Empowering Futures. Um, I went on your website and, and you really focused on life changes and helping people through kind of that life change. So give me the 30,000 foot view of what you do at Empowering. Mm -hmm. All right, very good. You want to do what you want me to go for? Go for All it. right, I'll start us off. <laughs> So I'll give you a little bit of history and the impetus of its formation, okay. right? We were working with our, our business partner and longtime friend, uh, Chris, and uh, one of the needs he had with his clients in the financial services industry was uh, older adults, you know, baby boomers, whatnot, transitioning from owning their business into this thing, uh, this idea of retirement, uh, as well as people who worked with, uh, you know, high levels of companies that were you know, leaving there. Uh, and there was a there was a bit of a, a challenge in this major life event as far as what the future would hold, and to deal with that, and yeah. to you know kind of focus on a, a bigger, brighter future even than what they had in the past, right? right. Uh, and so there was a need there to really address that. I have a, a background in uh, in brain, uh, biopsychology, <laughs> cognition, and neuroscience. Awesome. Did not yeah. know that. <laughs> Yeah, and so uh, we we kind of got together, talked about what the needs were, what what was what was happening, and we developed a program called the Life Method. And uh, the purpose of that is to uh, help people through. It's a, it's eight sessions, uh, an hour and a half per session, and we we, we work with the individual to kind of take a look at who they are, what's important to them. Uh, we get into some deep areas of their value and so forth. To look to the future and say, all right, well, what do you want to create, and are you creating it, and what's holding you back? Yeah. Right. So. So what made you what made you get into this you and then how did you join? Um, well, it, like what John said, there was a need in what Chris with Chris's clients primarily, right. and it wasn't just you know, um, the, well like the life events for example. Some of it can be you know divorce or right. loss of a spouse. That's a life event. It is. Yeah. So anything that event. yeah anything that all of a sudden you find yourself in chaos and really struggling. And that's how we really developed it. And then John and I have worked together for always. <laughs> so yeah. we've done business coaching right. prior to developing the life method. So we've always worked together well. So You've worked together well. I work with my wife as well, and that works pretty good. It works pretty well for us, probably because I'm not over her and she's not over me. We're separate. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys work together pretty we well. We do, but you know, part of some of the tools we use in the life method, we, we use. <laughs> Right. Some of it's, you know, uh, personality tools. Some of it's an assessment and how you um, take action. Right. And knowing that you you can really have an yes. appreciation for our differences instead of having it drive you crazy. Yeah. Although it still does that occasionally. Yeah. yeah let's yeah. be let's be real. She's over me. Okay. Yeah. Just, I, just want to get that. I get it. That's what I say about my wife. She's way smarter than me. You know, I, I don't know what else to tell you. She runs circles around me. So I get it. Um, so what. So you, you got brought in. What, what made you made the switch from your current field, which was in, what did you say again? 
Well, I have a background in IT in, in, in uh, technology, right? Yeah. Systems, uh, systems analyst to, to all sorts of things. And then, right. and then always had an interest in psychology yeah. from a long time, uh, but didn't really deeply pursue, at least in an education perspective, until much later, right? Until yeah. 2012 uh, is when I actually went back to, to get a degree in this, in this field. Um, but we had, we had worked together, um, well, it, you, when you're, you're kind of doing this when you're working with business owners, you're yeah, coaching, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So it's, it's all mindset psychology based. Yeah. Um, everything else is an expression of what's going on in here, right? So everything you see. Uh, but uh, we worked, one of the driving factors for both of us uh, was working with some teens at risk uh, at, okay. a, at a camp that was meant for um, 11 to 17 year olds who were struggling yeah. and their parents. And uh, we did that for about seven, eight years, and that was pretty, very powerful, and mm -hmm. it was very experiential in its construct. So outside activities, you know, and we, a lot of the kids were diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, you know, uh, some some Asperger's uh, level diagnoses. Um, and uh, so, so that experience was just like, why? For me, it was like, why? Why is this so effective? I know experiences mm -hmm. uh, are, have always been you know, very powerful in that process. And so that kind of drove me to do a lot of self-study. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I coupled that with, uh, with going back and getting this degree and doing three years of research in, in this area. Specifically, actually, interestingly enough, uh, looking at psychopathologies, autism was one of those. So it was autism, uh, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder disorder um, and mental retardation and uh, I could get into some of what I dove into which may be a little geeky but um, it was the, it was looking at the brain specific proteins that go into the formation of the neural connections in the right, brain right. and looking specifically at the, that network of communication of, uh, of proteins that are implicated in those diseases I mentioned the psychopathologies and so uh, I ended up mapping out that 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 communication network and it was pretty revealing when you when you look at the overall network and then those those proteins that are recalcitrant or don't work properly, right. how it breaks down the communication and disrupts the balance of that communication in a very highly well balanced system, right yeah. in the brain, uh, and you can see why it's a spectrum too because depending on which proteins combination all of the, you know usually I don't think it's all of them but you can see that more that are knocked out or not working correctly the more break broken down the communication right. pathway would be right. uh, and so it was it was uh, very informative to, to be able to see that that impact and it has helped future research as to getting into these proteins and, and can right. lend to you know, you know gene gene therapy and that type of thing awesome so tell me about um, you mentioned it first, and I know we'll dive into some other things, but the life changes, and let's talk about retirement. Um, I, I've known several people in retirement. They switch to retirement, and it's a whole other world. They don't know what to do. Um, and um, you know, a lot of them go back to work and whatnot. So what does your process look like if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I retired, I'm on the struggle bus, uh, and I don't know what to do. What, what does your program kind of look like for, for that population? Sure. Uh, do you want to address Sure, your... yeah. Well, the first, really the first stage is what we call discovery. Yep. And <clears throat> often that's like the biggest, it takes up the majority of the, you know, the, the time that we right. have together um, because we're really just diving into what what really is important to people and, and asking a lot of questions, of course, as you can imagine. And, you know, we're listening for key things to where to kind of drill in to, um, 
you know, what's important to them and what's, what may be working or not working for them, because that is one of the questions that we ask is, right. or one of the few questions is what's working, what's not working, what's working but not as well as you would like, and then that just helps us to, to dig in and really kind of figure out some things and so that they're free to really create whatever it is that they want to create and really find out what's really important to you and what do you want to go after because the truth is you know we get to create whatever we want <laughs> right you know yeah, you're you're in control we yeah you've written your whole life chapters up until this point so now what and a lot of times people think that they don't even realize that this future is greater right know, it should be you've worked for this yeah you know all and, those years and culturally we don't do a good job with our retirees and our older population you know we sort of dismiss them when oh my gosh they have so much to to share you know that at that time of your life you're there sh should be a lot of freedom for you right and so it's really tapping into that and getting people excited yeah about what's in front of them and that they're not no longer useful it's like oh no that is completely opposite absolutely if I could add to this too, right? Yeah. So these are the driving factors. If you go into it psychologically, what's happening is um, when you retire from something, you're setting aside what was maybe a large piece of you. So whether you're a business owner or whether you're, you were an employee for a lot of years or just in the marketplace, you get to this stage. Um, a lot of us, especially in this Western culture, we develop as part of our identity this, this um, we, we develop this, um, identity of that being a part of us, but that being an extension mm -hmm. or expression of who we are, right? right? And we may, we may really dial into that with respect to, well, I was the owner and CEO of this company, or I was you know, the, the, the um, chief financial officer for this company and I left it and blah, 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 now, what, now who am I? And, and that's the core of the story, who am I? Right. Because if yeah, I'm not sure that is. somebody, then what's, what person am I now? And right. what uh, efficacy or what effect do I have on the world? What purpose do I now carry? I had all this responsibility and I, I had this game I was playing and now, you know, sitting on the beach or golfing or, or vacationing lasts so long, there's an internal drive in us to, to, to have that sense of purpose. Right. right? Yeah. And without that, studies have shown there's a direct correlation to morbidity to, to what we really believe is our, our purpose and whether we're acting on that or not. And a lot of people struggle with it because once that, that big thing was taken away, if they develop their paradigm, their model based upon that, it's going to be interest mm -hmm. to, to who they think they are. And so right. we, we address that. We, we dive in and, and look at So it's the, pur it's the, the purpose. purpose. I mean, everyone needs purpose. And sometimes that's not to just go buy a sports car that you're not qualified to, <laughs> to drive. <laughs> to drive on the other speeds. right, yeah. <laughs> Um, so that, that's really neat. Um, so then tell me, so you meet somebody maybe in retirement, retired last year, they're on this, you know, they're struggling a little bit. Um, what's kind of your process? We start with discovery, then where do we go and, and where's our goal? Sure, absolutely. You want to, I'll go take ahead. this. Yeah, so, um, all right, first thing we want to do is like, like Danette had communicated that we, we want to ask a lot of questions. And so yeah. we have some worksheets and stuff for them to prepare for the meeting that we're going to do and get some thinking, right? Yeah. Because uh, there's a lot usually going on in the head, and there's a lot of times maybe a bit of chaos in, in, as right. far as how we're seeing the future. It's blurry. It's blurry. We don't know what to answer even, you know. 
So we ask these probing questions and we get in there. And as she indicated also that we, they reveal something to us. They reveal a pattern. And, and then we begin to pick up on that pattern. And what we're looking for is what's holding this person back? What's really at the core that's causing them to be confused or unsure or doubtful of themselves or their ability right. or their, you know, what they can do next? Uh, so essentially what we do to start with is look at their perceived value. And we ask them a question that most people have never asked before. And we ask the question is, what's your value? What's your worth? And we don't need your finance. We don't mean your financial statement. Right. We're, we're talking about what do you really believe? Now, the first th place people will typically go is, well, I'm a good person and, you know, I, I like to help people. It's always, it's always these, these, these doing things, right, which is fine. That's an expression of an inner belief system. Uh, and what we do is peel back that layer to get to the core of what's the driving factor there. And for most human beings, especially again in the Western culture, we tend to be human doings. Doings. Yes. Human doings. <laughs> I like that. I've never heard that word. That's, that's yeah, good. Yeah. It is. It's if you all really about think about the right. difference between doing and being. being yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, huge. it's it, because think about it from a very young age, it's reinforced that you're a good boy or a good girl based upon what you do. You right. know, you right. clean up your toys, you're doing good. If you make a mess and you don't clean up, you're being bad, right? Um, and so you learn very quickly what it looks like or what needs to happen in order to receive affirmation, right. encouragement, right? Typical households anyways. Um, and it varies, of course, there's a lot of variability. It's a very complex space, right? Very, a lot of variables, a lot of agency, a lot of different things that make it complex. Um, but depending, depending on that early, early stages of life, it sets a course. Right. Um, and, and it gets integrated, so integrated, that you don't even know that it's operable. It's part of the core operating system, right, of who you are. And so when we develop, and if we don't look at this and think about our thinking on occasion or do any mid-course corrections during the course of our lifetime, this program just continues to play out right. well into adulthood. Um, and so things that have happened very, you, you learn that you're being ruled by a five or six-year-old. Right. You know, that's, that's <laughs> the, the truth of it. Story of my life there. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, she's been at it for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well I'm that's an external, right? But right, I'm talking right. about this internal you, uh, right? That five or six-year-old. This, this is the mind of, of, the, of you, the little you, right. that, that has that major impact early on that right. set the course of certain viewpoints, certain how you relate to yourself, how you relate to the world, other people, and so forth. Uh, all goes into this package, this paradigm, yeah. this model. And, and we play it out, and it's so integrated because we've, re, we've played it over and over again so much time. We built right. a very strong neural connections through long-term potentiation, right, and our brains out where they work, uh, that it just plays. So we habituate, we create these habits, right, of being. And then we don't necessarily, we don't see it, it just is playing mm -hmm. out, right? And those it's become normal. the blind spots yeah. to us. And sometimes when we see later in life, when we go into retirement, we start getting nervous or anxious, or we, we've created this life of ours. We don't understand all the parts and pieces. We just know we have some disruptions, right? right? Yeah. And then so we kind of peel, start peeling that. So that's all in the beginning. Yeah. We, we dive in deep and in, to getting that to, to kind of open the doors to go into something new. Right. Like brand new. Yeah, so, so with really that, start clean. Yeah. You can really start clean. Yeah, yep. that makes sense. Just, you got to undo that little bit yeah. back there, right? And realize some of these behaviors that we have were created from a five, six, seven-year-old. Right. Right. And it's like, oh, well, thank you very much. I don't have to operate there anymore. Right. right. So what's something that um, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. Sometimes I can imagine it would be a struggle for somebody to come to you. Um, let's say you've got, sure. you know, a, a man, he's a husband, he's a parent, you know, kids are growing up and married. 
Um, and what are they seeing in themselves that they go, I need some help. I need, I need to go sit down <laughs> with Jonathan. Ed. Yeah. So, so a lot of, so for, for somebody to engage with us, right, first and foremost, they have to be in a place of realizing that there's, there's something that's not workable, right. something not working. Usually it has taken a long time. Like, so, so what we tell people is like, look, what do you have that, that is present and persists in your life, but is right. not wanted. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's these cycles, oftentimes these cycles that they go through with the relationships. And it's always, it, it, at its core, it's about how we relate to whatever it may be, money, uh, our spouse, our kids, you know, our coworkers, colleagues, friends, you know, whoever. Um, it, it's, it always gets down to that relatability. How do we, how do we actually relate? So, so for a person to want to engage, they got to be at a place, they just have to be at a place to where they go, okay, I, I need some assistance. Right. Not help because we don't look at them as broken. They're not broken. Right. You can't point out broken. Okay. Right. And I don't mean an arm. I mean, you know, mentally we, we, we fall into this trap and culture supports this idea that we're somehow broken up here. We're somehow, no, unless there's a, a, a truce, uh, either a psychopathology driven by some biophysiological process or something right. that, okay, you got that to deal with. You work within that construct, right? But beyond that, your cognition and whatever else, it's, it's what it is you say it is. It's, it's what you create. And getting, getting, coming to those terms is like next in the phase, right? Once we break through some of these early uh, ideas about ourselves, we, we move into, okay, you create and you got to come to grips with that. And there's freedom and liberation in understanding that you create because mm -hmm. then you realize you have the power. What we often in this culture give away is the power and we become into a victim. And right. nobody wants to be a victim, right. right? But the minute we start well, talking about that, that's the avoidance. A lot right? of times they do, but that's... No, well, that's some will feed on it. Well, right. then there's a dichotomy of believing that, well, I'm not a victim, but yet live out a victim mentality, right? right? So it's, again, all mindset and what we create. And so it's a process of discovery of getting to this place of realizing how much power you really have and, and who you really are, yeah. right? And, be, and allowing that to come through because we can kind of create all sorts of these, these filters about how we project ourselves to the world right. based upon what we believe. And the right? thing is, I can imagine that's difficult I mean you've gone however many years 50 years you, to where things were figured out for the most part you know in general you, you knew where you were going to work you knew where you were what was in your account you knew what the path was and then all that changes and then you wake up one day and half of that half of that's gone you know mm -hmm. and I guess finding that purpose it makes sense that's that's probably it's gonna be challenging to get to that point where you can go I need some help I have to I have to yeah, and there's nothing, and one of the big things that we talk about is that there's nothing wrong here. No. There's no, we, took, we right. remove the morality out of that, you know, we're not That's saying it's, there's no morality. We, we remove it out of that equation and just simply talk in terms of workability. Because right. then it's, because it, if you go into right and wrong, now you're getting into judgment, you know, right. subjective, objective. You get into uh, triggering yourself as to, <laughs> which most people struggle with, is a feeling of a less than, right? Their right. self is somehow less than, and that... Uh, that that impedes the progress of really opening up and seeing what's possible, right? Awesome. Um, so I know that obviously you focus on you know that retirement age. I know you focus on a lot more. Oh, so yeah. um, here, obviously, we have um, a huge population of different people. Um, we have a large special needs, um, you know, autism program. We have you know people treating in hyperbarics um, that have you know. Um, diseases and, and conditions, you know, some curable, some not, um, that are in different areas of life, you know, than a lot of other people. So talk to me a little bit about how you help people from 
different areas of life. Um, so let's start with just special needs. Um, I would say parents is probably the big, I mean, I have a special needs daughter and I would say that's probably the, we get along pretty well, me and my wife, but that's a, a struggle that, you know, when we argue, it has usually something to do, not always, uh, surrounding that, mm-hmm. you know, um, it could be something, you know, who's taken to this or whatever the case may be, but it, it may be a decision that we have to make, you know, how can you help others from a special needs standpoint, special needs parents? You want to start? You want me to? Go ahead. Okay. So the one thing that's really uh, uh, base in commonality is that human beings. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And human beings operate a specific way. Our yeah. brains operate consistently in a certain way, right? Uh, so we, we, we begin from there. So it doesn't matter the circumstance or the situation. Mm-hmm. Psychologically, you have cultural influences, of course. Um, uh, however, the way we lay down memory tracks or the, you know, in, in this programming that's all up here, how, it, how it's set up and, and created, and the process of doing that, which is all experiential, right? right. Um, so when we take a look at very specific cases, what we're really looking at is it's no different than what we've been looking at. Mm-mm. But what we're doing is spreading the hot spotlight onto, onto individual human beings who are having issues or concerns or challenges uh, coping or adapting or operating uh, within a, a, a particular context. Right. This context being we have, in this case, let's say we have a, an autistic child which brings about all sorts of challenges, sure. frustrations. Um, and then in addition to that, those circumstances play on the already present uh, considerations that one has about themselves, their value, right. uh, their, mm-hmm. their self-worth, and also so there's guilt plays a lot into the psyche of individuals who are working here, or resentment, right, of certain perceptions of how life should be and how it isn't there, and then there's the escaping uh, into into the schema of uh, being the victim, right? Well, right. I'm like this because of the situation, or I'm like, or it's like this because of you. It was your genes, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, well, whatever. Why do you see this playing out? Goes. Exactly yeah. what you're saying. You know, we've heard. Um, uh, we I have some friends, you know, that have a special needs child, and the siblings are are struggling, you know, um, because they can't act the same way a million reasons but that's probably that resentment you know why are you this way you know why are everything you just said it makes i can relate whether myself my family or or a friend into everything you just said yes so it's human behavior this is just how how it It works we model we we look you know so to break apart your example uh especially of the siblings um of the one you know they, they you know if there's whatever, siblings within that family structure who are struggling and then the parents, if the parents are struggling. Well, you have this, you have this very uh, complex dynamic that's taking place. The parents are the leaders, right. okay? So there's a really uh, a good saying that's very accurate that that attitude reflects leadership. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you have a family structure, which is a group dynamic, and if the parents are struggling with this whole thing, just due to their own, you know, idiosyncrasies, complexities, and so forth of how they right. think and, and interact and communicate or don't communicate, uh, you're going to have a, a play that's going to take place in the kids. They're going to pick up and they're going to struggle as well. So the chaos follows chaos, right? Uh, with regards to structure of thought and, and, and adaptability, effective adaptability. Uh, 
so you you would start at the very top, just like in a business, in order to to really alter the culture, to alter, transform, change, whatever. Uh, it always has to start at the top. So many want to start at the bottom. Well, that's where the problem is. The problem's not with me. It's it's over here. It's like, well, if you're the leader, guess what? Yeah, everyone's the, blaming going up. You're the problem. <laughs> yeah. So let's start here. And it's not a judgmental thing. It's no. just that it's it's exhibiting itself. It's presenting right. clearly through the dynamics that you see within this particular context. So we start there, right? And, and if we can get them first, and then even with a couple, we begin with individuals. We don't go couple first. Because once you get yourself kind of figured out and you get yourself aligned and you get you realign that thinking about who you really are and your value, that core, you then become uh, equipped with enough love, basically, uh, outside of the requiring it from others is the only source, mm -hmm. right? Uh, to where you now have capacity to kind of give to to others, right? We right. get this worked out, then we can work on the children because now you're going to have a, a, a influence, a positive influence to changing how they're adapting, how they're coping and in, interpreting right. what's going on. Mm -hmm. But the process is the same because they're doing the same thing. If something happens, they give it meaning. It means something and it's always the meaning is internalized about themselves. like. Oh, I'm I'm overburdened, or oh, I got this responsibility. I have to take care of my brother or my sister. Right. You know, I, they take that on. That's part of an interpretation. It is, yeah. Yeah, it's not necessarily anything anybody ever said to them. It's just what they conjured up as part of the adaptation process, right? The coping process. Well, it reminded of like Blake and Gianna. Blake, yeah. you know, Tammy says his responsibilities and family change. You know, uh, he. He now had to protect and to, to help, you know. Um, and he was he had to. Though, so he had to. Yeah, the, the idea was story. it was a had to, right? right. I have to do this. And so that's a proclamation that the individual makes even at the young age. It doesn't right. matter. But, and that's where a lot of this is formed, right? This is all formed at the five, six, seven, eight year old period of, of, of one's life. Something happens and then there's a response to that something happening and it's internalized, directed towards themselves with proclamations about how to deal with this. Right, because right. we kind of go along in life when we start off. We're we're free. We got we're free agents, right? Free wills and everything else. We're learning, we're exploring, and we're experimenting. All of a sudden, something happens that stops us. Like, yeah. well, how do I deal with this? Or this is scary. Or this is bad. Or this hurts. Or this whatever it is. And there's there's an internal response to that, and that's the seed that begins to shape how it's going to go, unless it's ever redirected or coached or counseled or something at some point mid course correction during right. that during that process. Uh, and so this is what we adults suffer, struggle with in any context, right? Yeah. In this context, with being the parent of a, of, a, of a child who's autistic, you have very, you, you have very um, apparent causal factors that, will, that, that can create the traps to fall into. That's the internalization about what's going on. The frustration, just the pure frustration and the challenge that some of these parents have to deal with, with especially with very violent um, outbursts and reactions you know, on the part of their child who they love, but they're doing this thing that's so hard and then they don't know what to do, right? right. So right. a lot of things get conjured up up here. When you start to see marital issues take place, so now the team is, is no longer together, together working on this project mm -hmm. of their child. And it sounds, sounds removed and, and, and it's rather sterile, but you, you kind of have to go into a mode like that. You can love them, but you, to help with the right. collaborative approach. Right. If you look at it, this is a project we're working on together, right? Yeah. So instead of being like this oppositional, we need to get like this, which is collaborative. Like right. this is the challenging thing, not that the child is 
wrong or evil or anything. It just is what it is. There's no meaning to make it apply to it. We just need to look at, okay, what can we do here for the best for our child? And at the same time, what can we do best for our relationship and how we work with one another and what we think about one another and what we think about ourselves because right. it's it's in that little soup, right, of, of, of people dynamic where, where things go awry, where the chaos takes place, where things break down, maladaptive behaviors, assumptions, you know, uh, false truths, you know, all these things you posit about this person, that person, breakdown of communication, withholding, you know, all these things go into really making a, a, a real a real struggle bus, yeah. right, experience, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, you, you've, you've helped, helped special, special needs, needs families, families before, or family, family, you know, husband's, husband's wife, wife with special needs kids? We have in a different context than okay. the life method. The life mm -hmm. me method itself, the program was wrought out of the experiences that we had. So when we worked with these, these teens at risk, um, we, we helped develop uh, and further uh, a parent program in there. Right. And so we did work with them. And, and so that was a context that had yeah. in itself uh, specific causal factors that would have right. and create situations that very consistent over many different families. And we'd seen thousands of kids uh, over about a seven year process. So we, so we really got a chance to, to get a good feel for this. Yeah. And, but it's the same thing, and, and we weren't applying the life method techniques back then. We were to the kids and a little bit to the parents because it was a, a very little. short program. Yeah. We had very just a few hours in which to kind of pack in a lot to kind of get this thing changing. But I can summarize it by saying it's mindset. It is. It's, it's, it, it all stems back. Makes sense. You can't change the factors. No, you have to deal my, with my them. My daughter still yeah. has cerebral palsy. She still you know, is, is autistic. We can't change any of those factors. It, the, really, the only thing we have to change is our mindset. Yeah, because otherwise you live in a fantasy world, right? Which many right. people fall into, which is the woulda, shoulda, coulda, you know, this, right. this idea of it shouldn't be this way and all these, you know, this way of thinking where you lock into it should be this way, right? So it sets an expectation always. You don't really deal with the, 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 the truth of the current situation. Um, if you don't deal in the truth, You'll, you'll never make a difference because you're trying to, if you deal in fantasy, you can't change fantasy because it doesn't exist. It's, a, it's, a, it's not real, right? So we have to get down to what's so, and then we actually have to get, this is really part of the, the program as well, is getting to the place to where you, you don't just accept it, but it becomes a choice to take it on. Genesis to maps. Genesis to maps. Yeah, keep me back here a little bit. All right. It's but what what I'm getting at that the key point is that you take literally take ownership of it. Because if not, if not, you yes. remain a victim to the circumstance. Even though you even if you go to like I've accepted this. Well, it's kind of like a default. Well, I've had to accept it. It's my child. You know, I have to do versus it's what's so. I choose it. Right, and when you take on that choice, you, that's the exertion of the power of saying, "No, I choose it. This is this is because right. it's what's so." You now you, you kind of disregard the possibility of fantasy of anything other than mm -hmm. what's so, right. and the minute you do that, it changes the perspective and what's possible for you. And the thing, the thing is, is about these circumstances and life changes. changes. Everyone, Everyone has their version of what they think their life is going to be like. like. You know, mm -hmm. if. if I, you know, let's see, Grace is seven. Eight years ago, this is not what I envisioned my life to be. And I, I had, you know, she, we were going to have, you know, neurotypical. She was going to go to, to preschool and to school. We already had her school picked out. Where, you know, we, everything was great. And then we got this massive hiccup in our life, along with a lot of other, you know, parents of special needs kiddos. And that whole vision is gone. She's not going to go to school. 
you know, um, she's here for school. Mm -hmm. uh, and it took, we had to step back and go, this is my life. This is what God has given us. And to be honest, I wouldn't change a thing. Amen. You know? Uh, but we had to come to that realization. So um, we'll transition a little bit here. So talk to me a little about uh, what other um, people you can help. Um, so with special needs, we did retirement. Who else do you see uh, and who else are you able to help? Well, they got to be a human. That makes, I give you that one. Human, human beings. Human uh, with things not working. In yeah, yeah, that's essentially, <laughs> it, it, any context is appropriate. Any, any context where the individual uh, human being is struggling with um, either what's next, clarity of vision, of, 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 in, in, or who they are, or of self-worth, or of, of uh, you know, relational breakdowns, mm -hmm. right? Critical relational breakdowns. Because there's so many people. Divorce. Oh, gosh, yes. Divorce and, and reconciling with the ex-partner, and, and especially when there's children involved. There's nothing better you could do than to really get this straight, alter and create a new mindset in which it's effective not only for your life but for the life of your child and the life of this other human being that you were once married to, even though whatever happened, happened, right? right. Uh, you, you, you know, a lot of times we, we get into this mode where we're, we're so hurt by these events, whatever the event may be, right. if, it's, if it's targeted another person who's the cause, now we're running that scheme again where they're the fault, they're wrong, we're right, and that's a whole other discussion. But we, we get into this trap, that's where we become victim. We become victim of that, and then we're like drinking our own poison, hoping that it's hurting them, right? Yeah. But we only hurt ourselves. So we, right. we, we want to get over this, uh, get through that, break that down, complete it, and then move on and create something new. What do you really want to care? Most people don't want the disruptions. Mm -hmm. Most people, they may have be really comfortable with it and they don't know a life without it. And especially children of abuse, right? Who've grown up and they're either yeah. abusers or, they, or they're codependents and they maybe received abuse. It's what they know. They may not like it, but it's what they know. It's normal, right? It, it, and if they get to a place where they go, yeah, this is just not working for me anymore even if it's later in life, there's, there's remedy, there's help, there's assistance to get in there, but you gotta be at that mindset of at least, I, I know I need something new. Right. Yeah, that's the key. Makes, makes perfect sense. Yeah, and part of the, um, one of the keys that really free people up is doing a really basic talk about the, you know, the physiology of the brain right. and how it works and that you can create new neural pathways. And so that's very powerful pe for people when they realize, oh, okay, it's plastic. I don't have to stay the same. Yeah, it's my, I'm, I'm in not, control. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I'm not trapped. You know, it takes the older you are and the more iterations and how those neural pathways have become super highways. It takes a lot of effort at first to create these new patterns of thinking. Well, yeah, if you live, if you've lived that for 50 years, right. And all of a sudden you want to make a change. Yeah. There's 50 years worth here. It's the renewing of our minds. Right. 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 It is the renewing. Of what mind. about addiction? Yeah, that's good. But we had we changed our name. We um, don't necessarily help with uh, addiction here. Uh, we we used to be Oxford Recovery Center, and it was a struggle uh, because everyone thought we were an addictions clinic, and we don't really treat addictions at all. Um, out of all of our services, um, there's some research with hyperbarics and maybe neural feedback, but in general, uh, you know, we, that's not a field that we would consider ourselves in. Not that we wouldn't help somebody if they came to us, um, but I know that addiction programs. Um, can, you know, can be effective, but sometimes challenging. So is that something that you're able to help with? Yes, in, in that context, there's considerations, however, right? So addictions have um, 
the compl added complexity mm -hmm. of uh, f true physiological alterations to the brain. Chemical. Yeah, chem well, they're, 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 yeah, but there's physiological changes. Yeah. So, so there's, there's chemical uh, effect, right, based upon your, your, not only what you ingest, but your own natural, you know, uh, neurotransmitters uh, in your brain and how everything works. There's receptors that receive the neurotransmitters. You increase receptors depending on the drug or whatever it is you're addicted to. Uh, the big one right now is cannabinoid. Uh, yep. cannabinergic receptors are seriously increased with all the, the use of um, THC-based type of ingestions, right? So whether it's gummies or whether you're actually smoking, you know, that, that does a lot uh, to alter literally the physiology of the brain as far as how, the, how things are working there. So you have these considerations that, that, that play into it. And, and those alterations create with, within the psyche through the use of many regions, uh, you know, the limbic system, the basal ganglia, yeah, sorry, technical, but it's regions of the brain that are all involved in the dopa, dopa, dopamine release and, and the, 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 these addictions. Um, because of the increased receptors and the d desire for the brain uh, itself to receive on those, there's chemical releases to try to drive the behavior towards the addiction, right? right? right. Whether it be, you know, whatever it is. And it works even with humans, you know, when you get into these, Cycle uh, pathologies of, 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 of codependency, narcissism, that type of thing. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's complex, right? Lots right. of variables that are involved in there. So in this approach that we take, it, it would, it, we're coaches. We're not mm -hmm. therapists. We're not licensed therapists. We don't take that, that avenue. Right. If I were to try to relate as closely as possible, the approach we take would be closely related just related though to cognitive behavioral therapy, right. uh, long-term exposure therapy, and their their kind of their 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 theories and practices behind therapeutic measures in that area. In our cases, we do deal with things directly, um, and not to alter that specifically. You know that the outcome of that there's consequences and so forth, but it's to change the mindset and the thinking about that that has a has an immediate effect upon now because right. really all we have to deal with between past present future is now right right past doesn't exist it's just a construct that is subjective right, right in here uh, other than you know what may be produced by a video or something that shows a past event nonetheless it's presented in the now right there is no thing you can right. point to past future is a concept that we live into to represent a temporal space Right, but even that doesn't exist. All we have is the now, and it's how we interact with that. So no matter whether it's addiction or any of these other topics, these contexts that we talked about, the processes are still the same. There's a major cognitive, um, cognitive behavioral component that when addressed can have a, a major impact upon the individual because the more they know, the more you're equipped, the more you're equipped, the more power you have. When you realize that you create everything, right? right? You have mm -hmm. the power, this is not, Putting God aside—that's not for any of our listeners who are faith-based. It's not at all this. But if we if we do bring that in, God created—you know—he created us in His image. He's a creator. He created us to create in this world, and we do it a certain way. That's why we have free will. If we didn't have free will, we wouldn't right. be creators. We'd just be execution in a program. So when we get that, we are responsible, and that's another key element. Mm -hmm. And what we create, we're responsible for creating the life right. that, that we want. 
Uh, we certainly can either do it on our own, which is a big problem, but you can do it, and that's what a lot of people have <laughs> done, or you can do it in concert with, you right. know, the one who created you. Uh, there's way more power there, but it's your choice. You're a free agent. You can do whatever right. you want. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, in dealing, so hopefully this answers the question as to can we deal with addictions? Yes. One of the things I have not, we have not experimented with is PTSD, for yeah. instance, you know, for veterans and type. We treat a lot of PTSD. Do you? Okay. So I've thought, I've thought about that, that uh, given those situations, I had one occurrence actually when I was in school with a veteran who shared with me the, that he went through, which was very traumatic. Uh, and at that time, I didn't have the program, and we had a nice talk about things, and, and, and there, may be, there may have been some help there. But I think with what we've developed, uh, there, there could be some, some real impact, but I don't. No, I, I completely get it. And we, um, a lot of times, I did actually um, a podcast, um, I'm not sure which episode it was, with Gianna, who runs our neurofeedback program. Um, and I think I've, did, I, I've, did, I've done one with um, uh, Elizabeth, our director of medical services. And... I know the conversation came up about PTSD with Gianna, and I said um, the conclusion was a lot of in a lot of cases we veterans obviously are struggling to get therapy because they have to relive all of that, which is what gives them the need for therapy, you know, uh, and they get in this circle. But a lot of times the therapies that we offer can get them to a place where they can do that, mm. you know, um, and. Uh, they can get the help, the extra help that they need. So we can, um, the neurofeedback and hyperbarics, we can make things work better, you know, um, so that they can sit down with somebody like yourself to figure out the rest of it, you know. So you create, you, you, you basically enable greater capacity. We balance things. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. which is key because cognitively, um, so that would be the long-term exposure therapy, the cognitive the therapies would do. In that line, it's it's appropriate, really, because what 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 PTSD is is basically toxic uh, memories, right? right? Yeah. That are that are inserting themselves, uh, and you have different regions of processing. So you have your lower lower limbic region, your cortex, right? Yeah. Conscious, subconscious, it's got a, a kind of a mechanism in itself that'll that'll allow or disallow processing of information. If it's overpowering the system, it's kind of like a circuit breaker, kind of shunts it, it's kind of stops it off. Other times it's trying to process, sends it up to the cortex. Well, if the cortex also has the ability to shunt or sh shut it off, so that's oftentimes when intrusive memories come up trying to be processed fully through the system all the way through the prefrontal cortex, uh, it, if it gets shut down, that's when, you know, and whatever program behaviors come as a result of that coming about, that's, right. that's when you get the, 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 the behavior, right? Whatever right. it may look like. Um, the blackouts are typically the lower limbic system actually taking over and, and some really rudimentary systems, you know, where the person blacks out. They don't even know what they did. But it, it's still all the same is that unprocessed memories because your paradigm of the world, again, your relationship to yourself and the world and how things should be, it doesn't match its cognitive right. dissonance, right? It doesn't get in there. And so the, having the opportunity and the capacity to sit in, in, in God, reliving is not necessarily, but revisiting certainly. Yes. Yes. And with a healthy brain coming along to help them process through that, that's kind of the key. Right. They didn't have that at the onset of the experience, right. right, that created this whole thing. They just, they just took it, it took it in and it was what it was. There was no ability to fully process if the brain couldn't handle it, and so it did what it did, right? It right. Yeah, sense. yeah. So when you create that, when you when you open up the doors for them to 
to experience that and sit down and have that conversation, this will start to give them more power because right now they're given over the power to that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the breakdown. That makes perfect sense. So how can people, um, you can help a lot of people. I think we've covered that, <laughs> covered that today. Um, whether it's you know, um, husband and wife that are, are struggling um, or special needs, you know, parents, um, siblings, um, somebody with addictions, retirement, um, you know, uh, people living in, I'm assuming anxiety and depression, you know, are, are huge, huge factors or huge, you know, things that you can help with. How can people get a hold of you? Um, and then what does it look like from the standpoint of we set up a meeting, we meet at a coffee shop, what does it look like? Is it Zoom? So how can people get a hold of you? We'll put your information in the, in the podcast, but. Sure. sure. So they can reach us through our website, right? They can, they can, they can go to our website, empoweringfuturesllc.com. Okay. Uh, and they can reach us there. They can call, they can call us or write us. Okay. Uh, so the information, if you're going to put it there, jbell at empoweringfuturesllc.com or dbell okay. at the same address. Um, or they can call us and you can put the numbers up there okay, as yeah. well. Yep, basically give us a call. Uh, just engage with us in that manner and we'll have a brief conversation on the phone to talk about what... Uh, or Zoom. Yeah, or Zoom. We can do a Zoom okay, too. Yeah. Uh, whatever works for the individual. But if they're just just reaching out, you know, right. uh, if they send us an email and say, "Hey, uh, I want to talk," you know, blah blah blah, then we'll set up a Zoom. We're better face to face if we can do it. Yeah. Um, and we do our sessions in face to face. Love it. Or Zoom. Got and it. both work, right? Both work. Right. Uh, proximity is the biggest thing. We're not limited right. to Southeast Michigan, right? So right, it's that's at, like, wherever this goes. Technology. Yeah, yeah, we can reach. Um, but yeah, and we start that, and we 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 have a we have a new technology we're implementing a coaching portal that's going to elevate the experience because it helps them to kind of engage with us uh, more effectively and consistently, and for us to engage with them and provide that. So we'll we'll connect them into that. Once they're involved in that, we we begin the process. And there's lots of homework. Awesome. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of work. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. I've learned a ton, and it connected a ton. There were things you were saying. I'm like. Hey, I get this. This makes sense, and I'm thinking over my life and you know uh, the things that we've gone through um, and how um, you're hitting all the points and connecting some dots. And I think that's Perfect. really what it's, what it's, it's all about. Map. So. Objective map. Yeah. Well, and it so. takes a community, right? It does. It absolutely does. Mm -hmm. So thank you thank very, very much, much for being, for being here. here. We'll get yeah, thank you. You, you thank bet. You really it was a good time. time. All right. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, joining us for this episode uh, with John and Danette. Uh, we will put their information uh, below in the description uh, so that you can get a hold of them if you'd like um, help with just about anything. Uh, they're life coaches, uh, and that's truly kind of what they do. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you guys next week.